0: Okay, greetings friends of the Apocalypse. Welcome to Podcast Act Round Zero, Home of the Apocalypse. This is Podcast Act Round Zero, Episode 31, Apocalypse Music. And this week we have myself, as usual, uh, the Apocalypse Nerd, Jared Wallace, Adam Baum Glancy, and we have two special guests with us this week from the indie film Apocalypse Rock, and I already told them I'm going to get their names wrong probably. We have the gentleman in green, uh, Doug Powell. And we have the gentleman in the jaw shirt, Brian Pennington. Got it right? Yay! Yeah. Because I'm terrible with names. So I always like to put uh, Pennington,
1: that as there. in of, of the Long Island Pennington. Look, he's, he's already swilling some Beaujolais. He's <laughs> going his nose oh, at the rest yeah. of us. <laughs>
2: Brian rolls.
0: <laughs> you sound so fancy, Pennington. So <clears throat> this week is uh, Apocalypse Music. We're going to be talking about music. Influenced by the apocalypse, a lot of the music's from the 80s, you know, because during the Cold War. Not so much nowadays, but we're going to talk about that. We are going to talk about how people will make music in the apocalypse. You know, are we just going to be banging on drums? Are we going to have everything? Is everything going to go a cappella? Uh, are people going to use their precious batteries to listen to their iPods to hear music? We're going to talk about that, and we're going to be talking about uh, Brian Doug's film Apocalypse Rock. Uh, an indie film that is it currently in post production right now. Production, yeah. Post production. It is about a survivor of the apocalypse, and he's surviving in an emergency broadcast uh, system station. And to help keep his sanity and try to connect with the world, he plays music and does his own show. And I believe he calls the his program the uh, station the apocalypse rock. So we're going to talk about their film. They're going to you know share with us, and uh, we're even going to have a sneak preview. Of the trailer uh, for the film, and then also towards the end of the show, Brian's going to, I believe, still going to give a code, and we're going to—I'll post a link. So if people want to come back to it uh, to look at it later for a limited time, we're going to put that out there. Uh, but first, I want to have uh, uh, Brian and Doug just give us uh, a little synopsis of who they are, so the audience knows uh, who they're going to be sharing this evening with. Uh, and so Brian, and
1: we need to know how. What brought you to the apocalypse, Brian?
3: I go first? Yeah. yeah. Well, as, as uh, Jared mentioned, I'm Brian Pennington. And uh, gee whiz, I've been wanting to make movies ever since Jurassic Park came out because that movie is awesome. And, you know, I just want to work with dinosaurs and robots and actors and all kinds of stunts. So, so, a, so well, you're, you're five. All- what
2: <laughs> you're telling us is that with the dinosaurs <laughs> and the robots, you are five. Brian does have, like, the, a boyish enthusiasm. Good. That's what we like around
3: here. Uh, So I fell in love with movie making and just, you know, hopelessly fell, you know, just kind of pursued that, and my parents were on board with it. So I went to school for it uh, down in Orlando at a a school called Full Sail, and that's also where I met my wife, Karen, and she's also my partner in crime. Uh, She's my producer, AD, uh, brain trust, if you will. So she's the one who says, we can't afford that. He's the one who says no, no. Make it you know, make it simpler. Let's build less. Let's you know, but she okayed this idea thing, Dennis. Um, well, we are
1: cheap, if nothing else.
3: <laughs> but no, just I, I've never, I have not made a feature yet. We've only done shorts. boggle is a short film, but we're looking uh, to kind of sink our teeth into a feature, uh, probably in the next couple of years. And why,
0: why the sub- why the subject matter of uh, the apocalypse for your film? Are you, are you generally a fan of the apocalypse, or is it just this is just a one shot deal for you for the apocalypse?
3: No, I mean, I like The Apocalypse because of the limited humanity, so what I like about this is it's just, it's just one man, and it really lets you focus in on the subject of what makes us human, what makes us tick, what makes us break down. It, it, things happen a lot faster when there's no one to bounce your, bounce your character, bounce your ideas off of. So that's very interesting for me as a writer and a filmmaker to put someone there and start where things have already gotten to, to the point you don't want them to get to.
0: Nice. Very good. Yeah. And uh, now, uh, Brian, you said you went to Full Sail uh, down in Orlando. Uh, when did when did you do that? Uh, what you what did you uh, back a uh, couple years ago? I mean, when did oh, you go? Oh, oh, that back? was that was uh,
3: in two thousand two. I went.
0: Oh, um, did did you know? Um, I had a friend who taught at Full sale for a number of years. Uh, Dustin Klingman. Did you? Did
3: no, it does not ring a bell. Uh, I, mean, he, I don't say a turnaround is high there, but you know the class turnaround is like you're with the same class. For the entire length of the course, very tunnel vision. You know, kind of working 24/7.
0: What about uh, what about uh, uh, Dave Arneson? Does that ring a bell? Dave Arneson? I'm
3: looking at Karen here now. It doesn't ring a bell.
0: Okay, no, just two people I knew who uh, taught at Full Sail for a number of years, and so I was like, hey. Hey, do you know them? You went there, so I was just pulling one of those. But you yeah. never know.
3: It's an excellent school. I mean, in fact, the con the people that we con that we met with there that really knew their stuff, we still stay in contact with. In fact, the uh, director of photography on Apocalypse Rock was a good friend from school. Flew out from California to, to work on it. So the
2: coolest guy too, Orlando.
3: He's very cool. I wish I had his style, even just like ten percent of it.
2: Yeah, I really enjoyed working with him, and just getting to meet him. He's just a cool guy. Cool. And uh, Doug, please tell us who is Doug. <laughs> Um, I'm just a dude. I live in Maryland. Uh, I have done stand-up for a long time. I, I, I did it pretty hard for, uh, between like 2001 and 2008, I was working on becoming a stand-up comic, and then uh, took a few changes, started doing uh, some storytelling, and got into film. Um, just doing a. a an indie film called *Spaceman Wilson* with uh, a mutual friend of uh, Brian and mine named Tim Scott, who I guess is living in LA now. Tim's living in LA. Right?
3: LA, living the dream.
2: Living the dream. Um, but I, Brian and his crew were like the um, basically Tim's whole team for this film. Uh, it's a very cool film about. It's about this like guy who is uh, an astronaut and he kind of hates it, and he's like. <laughs> I it's
1: his job. So so did, did being an astronaut become
2: like being a uh seven eleven clerk? I mean yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. he was just like was like this sucks. I'm just like picking up dirt. I hate it. Um <clears throat> anyway, so Brian's whole team um worked on that film and then they got in contact with me when they were doing uh I guess it was the D C forty eight in what was that? Two thousand twelve probably.
3: I think, yeah. I don't know, i lost track of time.
2: Yeah. And then we started working together from there. Cool. We Done a you couple of films and had some success with them. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good team.
0: Excellent. Now, besides Apocalypse Rock, what, what, do, what, uh, where else is your, do, do your interests lie in the apocalypse, or is this your first foray into
2: uh, the no, apocalypse? I, you know, I'm, a honestly, <laughs> and I don't know how much of it it has to do with the apocalypse, quote unquote, but um. The reason I kind of got out of the performing arts in general and started working in other directions in my life is because I had this realization that I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> and and like, <laughs> Guess what? Everybody realizes that at some point. <laughs> no, no, they don't. People, I, I, I wanted to do something. So I started farming. I, I farmed pretty heavily for se- the last seven years, um, just taking different opportunities. And then, uh, yeah, I, I'm really fascinated with, um, being able to, per- to fear, take care of myself uh, without...
3: So, uh, self-sufficiency.
2: Self-sufficiency big time. That's been like my whole new direction in my life, for sure. Be,
3: you'll be useful for the apocalypse, because you'll know how to do like, you know, micro-agriculture.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, we're, 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 uh, we're, t- we're totally using you, okay? Yeah.
1: <laughs> the, what you mean, Jared, is we're going to have to capture him and break his ankle <laughs> yeah, So yeah. he
3: can't yeah.
2: leave us to die, okay? That's... That's what we're gonna have to do. But my wife and I are really into. Right now, we're in the middle of a small marathon of uh, the TV show Doomsday Preppers. So I'm sure you guys.
0: Ooh, yeah. Yeah, we we we've talked about those people. They're
2: they're kind of special. It's it's fascinating because like they are crazy. For the most part, they're a lot of them are are so afraid of something that they're. It's dominating the majority of their life. However, a lot of their predictions are very likely. You know, they, it, <laughs> things could very well happen. And at the end of every episode, they go through this whole thing, and you meet these people, and then it's like, what are the odds of this actually happening? And they always have the same generic government-stamped answer that's like, scientists say that this could obviously happen in a matter of years. But, you know, most scientists are skeptical that this. You know, it's like, come on it's gonna happen next week. <laughs> <laughs> they have it scheduled. They, they they actually have it scheduled for next week. yeah, it is yeah but the thing is, you know, with these guys
0: is like these guys are prepping their this or that, and then somebody's just gonna come along, they're gonna let their guard down for a second, they're gonna blow their head off and take all their shit. You know? Well it's just, you know?
1: Well, you 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 remember we had those idiots up here in Washington State, not too far south of here, whose appearance on doomsday preppers was, you know. Well, we've just planned to take everybody's stuff at gunpoint. That was their plan, right? Oh, they that's a like that... Someone did that. Yes, and they came on Doomsday Preppers, and oh. I want to I want to point out how, how entertained I was. Oh, by the, the enormous, <laughs> jiggle, jiggly belly that the guy had who came on. He just had this body where the fat started somewhere just south of his eyelids and just, you know, waddled down his body as a we're, we're we're, your worst nightmare.
2: We're going to take all your stuff. I Um, was wondering if somebody had done that. Because when you watch it, everybody's like stockpiling and prepping.
1: He's like, like, we're not taking anything. We're just going to, we're not stockpiling. We're just going to have weapons. We're just going to do, crash into your house and take all your shit. That's kind of the smarter way
2: to do it. That's
1: kind of the way to do it. Except, okay, (laughs) you're going to regret saying that's the smarter way of doing it. Because here comes the payoff. Yeah. This idiot was on parole for a felony and he's not allowed to have guns anymore and he stood around <laughs> and posed with rifles and shit shooting things um and his his neighbors who had been having no kidding problems with him yeah. since forever because he's the he's the crazy guy who's shooting rifles on his property and maybe once strike the bullets zing over into the other property or whatever and was doing weird things to intimidate his neighbors um and so they all just took that videotape of the show down to the sheriff's office turned it in and next thing you know the cops turned up and mister self-declared apex predator and I shit you not he used the term apex predator <laughs> is, is hauled off to prison and but wait it, it only gets better because,
0: Jared, do you remember what his original felony was? Uh, I don't remember, but I can always go back to the show about reality TV where we talked about all this already. Yeah. But,
1: but yeah, we did, a, he did, we did this already. This is old material, but, yeah, it was for something like communicating with a minor for immoral
2: purposes. Oh, no, botch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's the worst kind of guy.
1: So yes, if you want to – well, I mean, clearly, he's if he if he lost two hundred pounds and stayed at the gym, he could be Wes, maybe <laughs> you know, from Road Warrior. Maybe he could
2: work yeah. up to that. But Probably, right? you know, I think I think the depressing thing about that show, though, is that it shows you that the people who are gonna make it and and continue to procreate and make the next generation of people <laughs> are the craziest dumb <laughs> people. In our, they're the only people preparing. All the uh... like, People are like working and making families
0: and... <laughs> wow. <laughs> way to depress everybody. <laughs> it's depressing. So, all right, moving on to uh, our oh. next segment. Now we got introductions out of the way. Uh, some quick uh, in the news about the apocalypse. Uh, myself and Mr. Glancy both received our copies mm. of <coughs> Fractured... Let me see if I can get it up here. Fractured, Tales of the Canadian Apocalypse. This was uh, sent to us by uh, Sylvia Marano-Garcia. Marino. Who, Marino, thank you, Garcia. I talked about names. Uh, found us on Twitter, to start talk about her book, and uh, so she sent us review copies. and like I always say, I will read it, and we will review it, and we'll talk about it. Uh, we have several friends of the show who are from Canada, and they're interested to hear about this. So so this is our first. Somebody sent us some books for review. We're making it. So, uh, So we got that. And uh, I got a new game in the mail, Scott. Uh, I got a game from off of uh, Kickstarter called Virus, the card game. Uh, mm-hmm. It's about basically uh, deck of cards. You have viruses, uh, all the different mutations, and uh, everything that go along. And you want to build it. And you basically build, you know you have you, know, you have a hand, and you're building a virus. I haven't looked into too much. It just came in the mail today. So it looks pretty interesting. Again, apocalyptic. You know, let's make it a 100% lethal virus that can you know kill off the world. So I got
1: because <laughs> that. that'll, that'll clear a lot of extra room. <laughs> yeah, there so it'll so, be
0: roomier. So I got that in the mail today. So uh, I'll look into that later on, and uh, we'll talk about that. And I also discovered, and I just posted it on the blog today, is uh, Fantasy Flight Game is coming. Uh, Fantasy Flight Games is coming up with a new line of horror survival game called In the End. And it's broken up into four different segments. Like they're putting a zombie apocalypse, a monster apocalypse, uh, alien invasion, and a robot uprising. Apocalypse. They're gonna come out with a source book for each one. Now it's a role-playing game, but the premise is you're playing yourself. And apparently they're gonna give you some kind of rules to be able to stat yourself, and you and your friends play as survivors in the apocalypse. So, you know, of course, it's going to be every gamer, "Oh, I got 160 IQ." What are you talking about? You know, you're going to get all well, of that. Yeah,
1: there's know? let's go ahead and say that we're not going to stat intelligence. That's just whatever you bring to the table.
0: Yeah. <laughs> i
3: <I'm> like <laughs> is 3.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't think that's that's going to be painful. Oh, I'm, yeah, well, I'm, well, I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna check it out regardless. But uh, that's out there. So
1: I, I remember some game in the past where you're supposed to play yourselves, and the whole the whole idea was your friends, everybody else at the table, they're the ones who stat. You didn't stat yourself. Everyone else told you what they thought your stat should be. Oh, which, I like that. that seven, friendships.
2: That's how yeah, real that, life is.
1: That's how you find out who your friends are and what they really think of you. And <laughs> probably. That's a game that I bet they never got to the actual game mechanics because a
0: fist fight just broke out
3: <laughs>
0: right there at the table. So that's all I have for uh, in the news uh, today. Do you have anything, uh, uh, Scott, for that? Uh, no, I have no new No, I have no new uh, apocalypse material. That's uh, okay. All right, so uh, we'll move on to the first part of the, t- uh, the show.
1: Oh, oh, I will say this. Okay. Um, Yeah, I guess the closest thing I had, of course, was was that. And um, I've been recently given two books that I'm going to be uh, uh, looking at. One of them is uh, a friend of mine gave me the Southern Reach trilogy. I don't know if you've been hearing anything about this, uh, but um, it's sort of a it seems to have sort of a micro apocalypse uh, feel to it, where uh, the story takes place in something called Area X has been cut off from the rest of the world for decades. Nature is reclaiming the last vestiges of human civilization. The first expedition into Area X returned with reports of pristine, hedonistic landscape. The second expedition ended in a mass suicide. The third in a hail of gunfire as its members turned on each other. The members of the eleventh expedition returned as shadows of their former selves within weeks and all had died of cancer. So, yeah, there's there's something micro y going on in this, as if maybe uh, this little patch called Area X is the doom that foreshadows what's going to happen to the rest of mankind. So we'll be checking out the Southern Reach
0: trilogy. Cool, nice. All right, cool. So uh, we'll move on to the first part of the show. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about music in the apocalypse, music that has influenced the apocalypse or about the apocalypse. Uh, anything from REM's, uh you know, it's the end of the world as we know it. Um, we're going to talk about that. You know, music that's written about the apocalypse, whether it's about nuclear war, is it anti-war, is it about nuclear war? Uh, it seems we had a lot of that in the, particularly the '80s. You know, uh, Land of Confusion, Phil Collins. You know, the famous video with the puppets uh, about, you know, the whole nuclear war conflict. So, let's we'll just kind of talk about uh, that for a little. We'll talk about that for a little bit here, just to. Different musics, so anything that you you know that you could think of, or oh hey, and guess what happened? We lost Scott just like we said we would. So, <laughs> but we're
3: still here, so we're good. it's exactly, good. Exactly, no, it's
0: fine. So, um, <laughs> it happens all the time. He drops off all the time. Usually, I'm sitting here talking like a you know talking head, like okay, let me fill some space because I have nobody to talk off, bounce off of. So, but anyway, uh, so yeah, so just. Uh, there was, like I said, especially in the, in the 80s, there was a lot of music, and I, I did, I've done some research in the past uh, about, there's, there's so much music out there that's about the apocalypse, anything from, I mean, things that come to mind are, like I said, the R.E.M. song, uh, Phil Collins, um, Iron Maiden, anybody? Two Minutes to Midnight?
2: No, I never really was into 80s metal. Um, um. I, I never was, no, I don't really know that song.
0: Uh, two minutes to midnight was a song that Iron Maiden wrote about. Of course, you know, uh, two minutes to midnight. Uh, there's the atomic clock, which okay. it, which which is uh, put out by the. It's like the group of atomic scientists, and every year they put out uh, this where we are because midnight is nuclear war. Okay. Uh, the closest we've been is uh, the 1960s or uh, the early 60s, the Cuban Missile Crisis. They put us at two minutes to midnight oh. then. So, Joe, I think we're about. Four five minutes right now. So they wrote the song about two minutes to midnight. So the closer we get to midnight, the closer we are to nuclear war. So uh, Iron Maiden wrote about that. I mean everything. I mean, what do we got? Uh, uh, Nina? Anybody remember Nina? Yeah, huh? uh, Nina Hagen. Yep, ninety-nine Luft balloons That's oh, yeah. all. Yeah. That's that's all about uh, nuclear explosions. You know, right. those are the mushroom clouds.
1: Balloons. Well, actually, uh, I'm not sure about that. I had a German friend of mine uh, back in eighty. Uh, I guess it was mid '80s or something, like '87, '86, something like that. And she was saying that um, the uh, uh, that the translation that we get from MTV, from the German to the English, is way off, and that the song is a lot darker and nastier in German, despite the fact it's got this ridiculously cheerful pop, you know, beat to it. Uh, that it, it um, yeah, it's all, yeah, it's all about the. Um, you know, the, the war machine being tripped off by uh, the littlest of provocations and roasting us all like a bunch of fritters. Um, but I'm not sure about that translation about the balloons.
0: So. Well, but the song is about, like, the balloons are supposed to be the nuclear um, the nuclear missile, you know, the nuclear the mushroom cloud. So.
1: If, if it was the 80s and we get 80 uh, or 99 nuclear detonations, where we should consider ourselves lucky.
0: Yeah, exactly. We
1: got off easy if that's all we get is an exchange of 99 devices. Um, But anyways, uh, yeah, I remember Nina. um, uh, What else was from the... uh, You know, the the things that always struck me were stuff from the 60s, you know? Things like uh, Barry McGuire's Eve of Destruction. Yes. uh, The End uh, by the Doors, which, you know, brilliantly becomes the... um, opening credits of Apocalypse Now. That's where everyone remembers that. Um, uh, what else? Um, even Buffalo Springfields, for what it's worth, is just a little, it's a little dystopic, but for some reason the 60s uh, seems to have generated a lot of unpleasant vibes.
2: This <laughs> well, yeah. what was going on in the 60s, probably. Just, you know, yeah. greatly. So, now, yeah. uh, Dog O'Brien, can you
0: think of any... Uh, music uh, about the apocalypse that you're familiar with or know
2: or like or care about or you know that you enjoy? Yeah, um, there's a song by um, a singer-songwriter named Josh Ritter uh, called The Temptation of Adam and it's about this, it's this love song about this man and this woman, uh, it's it's just all metaphor but they're in this fallout shelter with this nuclear missile and uh, he just draws a lot of comparisons to that type of scenario to describe their like really, their, their growth of their relationship. It's a cool song. Um, and then all, there's, uh, you know, When the Shit Goes Down by Cypress Hill circa 1993. I think it was the Black <laughs> Sunday album. Uh, I don't know if that's specifically about the apocalypse, but When the Shit Goes Down You Better Be Ready are the lyrics.
0: <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's possible, because there, there's a lot of songs out there that you would think uh, aren't about it, but they actually are. Like,
2: yeah. Yeah. Like, like, and, and uh, I say that there's so much, a lot of music and art in general is about death and about the end of something and the fear of that. And I, I think that's generated so much art in every culture.
3: You
2: know? Oh,
0: exactly. Art you know, being anything from books to movies to music. And it's like, you know, uh, it's a pretty, you know, prolific, uh, prolific, uh, plurific, uh ugh, God, I can't talk today. Prolific. Thank you. Uh, topic. I speak good English, but um, you know, nuclear war and warfare—just warfare in general. You know. Well, uh,
1: I want to throw out two other things. uh, Just remember, I don't know. um, I wasn't
0: talking or anything, but
1: anyway, go ahead. I know you weren't, but you miss religion, and uh, when you're talking about the things that are are inspired or inspire, are inspired by or or do inspire the apocalypse, you miss religion, and it reminded me of those creepy Johnny Cash songs. Uh, and I don't know when he recorded them, but The, the Man Comes round, uh-huh. and uh, God's Gonna Cut You Down. Oh, yeah. Both of those are miserably apocalyptic. And uh, yeah. uh, Zack Schneider figured that out with The Man Comes round for that opening montage of Apocalypse from his remake of Dawn of the Dead, yep. um, which, sadly, was the first time I'd ever heard that song, and I, I feel like I'd been gypped uh, <laughs> because I didn't realize just how just how bleak and dark Johnny Cash was, you know, not oh, not just he's not just wearing black. It's, his stuff is awful.
0: Oh yeah, he he is the man in black for sure. But like I was saying, it's you know that music. Uh, the topic of nuclear war has inspired uh, a lot of music, a lot of bands. Uh, Brian, you got anything? Any music you want to add to that, or just you're just enjoying the show right now? <laughs> I'm rocking
3: my brain. I'm sure somewhere in my punk rock catalog of Sex Pistols or Bad Religion, there's got to be something in there, but nothing's coming to mind.
0: Oh, okay. You know what? Then I'm going to give one for you. All right, go for it. Do you remember? You might not remember. There's a a band, a British band, uh, which they claim to be the first psychobilly uh, band called the Meteors. Nope. No. Okay. There's a band called the Meteors, and they had an album that came out uh, called "Mutant Rock," okay now it's all the whole uh song uh, the whole album's about uh let me pull up the for the mutant uh, what is this here on the whole the whole world is dead now after the neutron bomb. We all stand up and looked at it. We wondered where it came from, but that's it was many years ago what's left is changed by shock we all live in the ruins and we do the mutant rock you know come on let's do the mutant rock so the whole band theme is about you know the album is about you know mutants and radiation and i first discovered that band totally by accident cuz i was reading uh do you remember you guys remember heavy metal magazine
1: mm-hmm.
0: No heavy metal. We're, we're dealing with a different
2: generation there, Jared. <laughs> uh, pa- Talk apparently. About Pokemon. I'm I did kidding. just make a Cypress Hill reference, so. <laughs> but heavy well, heavy metal magazine is still in existence.
0: Uh, but it's it's a it's an adult graphic magazine with stories. It's. You know, well, nowadays, cartoon, cartoon boobies. They were, they oh, were heavy car- metal. Okay, I
3: played a video game. With there we go. Okay, I don't, I don't
0: <laughs> Wow. I boobies. No, cartoon, cartoon boobies. It's cartoon It's uh, well, it, it got, it, it, got it got, it got, it got worse when uh, Kevin Eastman took over in in 2000s. Anyway. this so, it became all about his wife's cartoon boobies. Yeah, his car was wife's cartoon boobies. But there was a, a story in it called Rebel by an, uh by a graphic an artist Pepe called Pepe Moreno. Pepe. Mur- can I talk today, Scott? Pepe no. Morano, okay, put out uh, the story called Rebel. And in the story, there was a poster in the room, just in the back, and said the the meteor is Mutant Rock. And I saw that. I'm like, Mutant Rock, that's cool. Because I'm like, I'm like 14 years old when I first uh, when I first read this. So I w- I was in graphics art class. Now graphic arts back in like '85 was, you know, Ruby Lift actual printing, taking negatives, screen printing. There was no there was no computers and graphic arts <laughs> class back then, you know? So we printed t-shirts and a friend of mine did the art copy the art and I printed had a shirt that had the meteor's mutant rock on it. So right. uh, but they're like a psychobilly band back from the 80s and all their stuff's about uh, that kind of music. And uh, there's a there's a ton of metal bands out there. Uh, the first one that comes to my, nuclear assault. Half the songs and half the albums are all about nuclear war, radiation, ruins, atomic war. Uh there's a ton of other metal bands out there. Like actually it was funny, I was listening to Satellite Radio a couple weeks ago, and somebody was doing a segment on the on the metal station and uh it was all about like nuclear like nuclear war it was the weirdest thing. i'm like huh that's funny because we're going to be talking about this soon so i just i just took i just took my Shazam and just kept on tagging uh songs as were, as he was playing them so i could remember them you know there's there's a a band called uh let's see here uh you know uh ghoul uh mutant uh Mutilator, Mutoid Man, auto Autopsy, Mutant Village, Voivod, Nuclear War. There's so many metal bands that are doing songs about you know mutants and the apocalypse and nuclear war. It's just rampant in that now. So and that's always kind of uh, been out there.
1: Well, speaking of classics, uh, do you guys remember the Black Sabbath song War Pigs?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, that one right there. I uh, just caught that on the radio uh, just days before this broadcast and uh, I was again, shit, how did I miss that? Uh, well, probably because I was listening to Warren Zevon in the 80s, and sadly there's no, there's some dy- lovely dystopia from Warren, but damn it, Warren never came up with a really apocalyptic piece of music. Uh, personal apocalypse, you know, but nothing nothing global, unfortunately.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's also the classic, which, uh, Fishbone song, Party at Ground Zero. Yep, for which this... Show was uh, the, that, that's it's its namesake because I was when I was creating the name of the trying to come up with the name for the show for some reason I heard Fishbone Party at Ground Zero and I'm like podcast at Ground Zero I'm like that'll work so
3: uh,
0: so we have that you know uh, Fishbone did Party at Ground Zero Weird Al did uh, a, a parody song uh, uh, was it Christmas at Ground Zero I think it was called uh, there was definitely
1: Christmas at Ground Zero and then there was that Happy Birthday to You song he did. Which was kind of a fuck you to the Happy Birthday people because you know there's a copyright on it and you have to pay out ridiculous amounts of cash if you ever want to use Happy Birthday in a public forum. Really? Uh, oh yes. That's in crazy. fact, there's a big thing going Happy Birthday. Well, um, I want to say that it that the that the copyrights fell to Warner Brothers. I could be wrong about that. But there was a a guy who made a film called Happy Birthday, which was all about the attempt to debunk the uh, copyright, uh, the idea that Warner held its copyright. It's why when you go into TGI whatevers, and they they sing Happy Birthday to you at your table, they don't sing Happy Birthday to you. They sing some bullshit song uh, that's like, Happy Happy Birthday, we're happy to see you for your birthday and your money. Please they come get
2: to Their own lesser song.
1: Yes, I was so, told.
3: You know, that I was told recently that actually that was that was debunked, and apparently the people that claim ownership are now in deep, you know. Deep yes. Deep, having to pay stuff back. Yeah. Yes,
1: exactly. And so there was a Weird Al Yankovic song called "Happy Birthday to You" that ends with a chorus about how we're enjoy your birthday because we're all gonna die in nuclear fire. <laughs> was it um, the the monkeys in the Pentagon are gonna cook our goose? Their fingers on the trigger. All they need is an excuse. Is the, the last chorus of the song. So, happy birthday to you, and a
0: pinch to grow an inch. Nice. Did you know? Did you know that Jethro Tull had a song about uh, nuclear war? No. Surprise me. Uh, protect and protect and survive uh, from their nineteen eighty album uh, album called A. It, it's uh, it's about you know the British government's public information program. And it talks. It talks about EMP and overpressure. And uh, again, yeah, there's so much. You would never expect that Jethro Tull had a music a song about that, you know. So, so safe to say, there's a ton of shit out there. Duran Duran's "Planet Earth" is uh, is about that. And we lost Scott yet again. So, <laughs> so his his connection is terrible tonight. So, but uh, yeah. So there's apparently as we talked, there's so much out there, you know. Uh, but especially go to metal. And you're going to uh, definitely uh, find a lot, <laughs> a lot of music about that, so. All right, so, um, I think we talked enough about that so far, because, you know, we, I could just go on, just name songs, name songs, name songs oh, all day long. I,
3: I did get one, I did get one, if I can contribute here. Oh, no, oh, no, please. Right. This is a segue here, yes, yeah, so the, the band Bad Religion, great punk rock band, uh, they got a song called Generator, starts uh, like a rock, like a planet, like an atom bomb. And uh, actually, through that, I got in touch with a musician, Emily Davis, who does Bad Religion acoustic covers. And that's where I learned a lot of Bad Religion songs I'd never heard before, including Generator. I was like, this is great. And uh, and she's actually featured in, in Apocalypse Rock. So she's oh, nice. Nice. Really cool.
0: Very cool. Very cool.
3: Yeah, there we uh, go. So I, I, I threw my chip in. There we go. There, there you there. go.
0: Yay. Excellent, Brian. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a punk rocker from way back when, too. Like I said, those, those early 80s, mm-hmm. I was I was listening to a lot of the a lot of uh, hardcore shit. I was listening to a lot of um, a lot of British punk back then. That's for, what for, was happening. Yeah, it was happening back then. The for UK. whatever reason, I might talk about Sex Pistols. I'm talking about a lot of other stuff too, like uh, 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 what is it? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, Peter and the Test two Babies. Uh, you know, Channel 3's England uh, is uh, is um, the the van- I can't remember. Anyway, I could go on. But anyway, I used to listen to a lot of a lot of punk back then. I had my punk phase, and towards my Towards the late 80s, I got, I got into a middle phase, and you know, right. it's like, it's a, it's a mishmash. But anyway, so, uh, all right, we wrapped up Music Scots. So now we're now let's uh, kind of move on to talk about uh, In the Apocalypse with the loss. Actually, hold on. Oh, me, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: That, again, the only reason I keep interrupting you is, uh, number one, i Because you like
0: doing that, number No,
1: one. I'm rude. It's because I'm rude
0: that's true all right
1: I'm rude and the second reason I keep interrupting is I never know when I'm gonna be kicked offline so I have to say these things when they're in my head rather than wait for an appropriate time to say them later
0: so how does how is that different than any other time
1: it's not it's okay. pretty it's ba- essentially it's not um, the one thing I wanted to throw out on the subject of apocalypse apocalyptic music is um, there's uh, uh, for those of you who are Fallout fans. I mean, one of the things I loved about the Fallout games was the rather uh, ridiculously inappropriate music that came out with Fallout 3, when you got that radio station the apocalypse. Um, And all the music was was just like this incredibly sunny and cheerful 1940s, you know, music uh, that was sort of completely incongruous to the nightmarish landscape you were in. So yeah, I'd had that going on. Um, but uh, the other thing I wanted to point out is that uh, with the proliferation of various tools for manipulating uh, the Fallout game through the, um, what they call the, uh, the geck and create your own scenes, uh, make your own stuff, a fair number of people have actually made music videos where they have used things like uh, caches that, you know, the God's going to cut you down or uh, Land of Confusion. Uh, to make their own music videos using the uh, the apocalypse as a backdrop and one of the ones that I really like is uh, somebody made this astounding video using the level editor for Fallout 3 and using uh, a song called This Is War by a band called 30 Seconds to Mars and uh, it's out there on YouTube I guess the guy's name is Joylock J-O-Y-L-O-C-K I'd recommend looking at it because it, it was all it entertained the crap out of me because it was because he had the level editor. He did the thing that everyone who's played the game wanted to do. He went and created using the level editor scenes that he you know set together of the endings he wished he could have had in the game. Because one of the things about we've talked about about FOD as it was a game where it did a really nasty job of presenting you with hard decisions where the best you could hope for was what's the least horrible decision or outcome you can generate and uh, He and in, in, as part of his video. He went back and clearly fixed all that um, uh, the, the two that stand out of course is he fixes that 10-penny-tower problem, Jared.
0: Oh, he does, huh?
1: Yeah, uh, and uh, he also and there's also this bizarre point where he's re, he's changed the animation so that that uh, robot that thinks its button Gwinnett it. Uh, when you're rescuing the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, the uh, Declaration of Independence, he is now a museum guide in that weird museum that's in the uh, Rivet City aircraft carrier. You've, you can actually remove him from that environment and put it you know, at least not to do with the level out of um, air.
3: Okay.
1: Those are really, actually, really cool little exercises in, in music and apocalypse that fans have done. Cool.
0: That's cool. All right, now we're going to talk about... Uh, Let's talk about, uh, like I said, music after The Apocalypse, and wanna, what I'm going to do is let's, uh, let's start that off by talking a little bit about uh, Brian and Doug's movie, and if it's okay with you guys, what I'll do is I'll start off by showing the the special view, the special limited uh, edition trailer. How's that? Is that okay? Yeah. The, the sneak peek of the trailer? Yes. All right, so let me uh, Let me get that going here, so just uh, bear with me a second, folks, because it does relate to Music in the Apocalypse, because... It's the apocalypse, and this dude's playing music. You know, so he's he's using up his reserves to play music. So let's uh, go ahead here. This uh, I think I gotta do a screen share, so it's bear with me. Uh-huh, I think I could just I think I could just do the video. Let me see here. Uh, apparently I cannot oh media player, perfect.
1: This this will be a first for podcast at Ground Zero. Oh, yep, there
0: we go. Uh, I think you're seeing something. I have no idea.
1: I'm seeing the screen. I see Windows Media Player. Perfect. The,
3: the trailer starts the chest, yeah, that part of it right there.
0: Let's see if this hub is, let's see how well this works. You guys seen it?
3: Nope. the two lines.
0: All right, let's, uh, let's try this again. stop let me just try, let me try desktop share then, hold on, instead of uh, just an individual item, entire screen. Oh, I forgot it goes into an infinite loop. Oh, cool. <laughs> wow! <laughs> that was
2: kinda,
3: I, that was awesome. Hold Fall away. out of my chair.
2: <laughs> oh, there now, I see. The apocalypse is actually, like, just an infinite mirror into nothingness. Okay, so now, now
0: you guys should just be
1: seeing,
2: uh, the video yeah. screen, right?
1: Yes, I do. I do see the video screen. I do see the uh, player down below. Let's turn the sound up.
0: All right. Let's see. what's see what happens here. Are we hearing the video? We're seeing it.
1: I can barely hear it.
0: Yeah, I can hear it.
3: <laughs> this is where we talk about where the link is and the password for the link.
0: Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Hear?
1: No, I can't hear it, but I don't care.
0: <laughs> you guys can't hear
2: anything? No, no. I can't hear it. No, I, but I, 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 it was like fast forwarding or something. I thought. All right, so apparently that's a fail. It's hard to. Oh. Share. All right.
3: Well, well we, we can we can plug the link here, and then people can like. Absolutely,
0: yeah. I thought I thought I could try to. Uh, <laughs> no!
3: <laughs>
1: As we
0: fall into infinity,
3: that's the best thing ever. Uh,
0: apparently it doesn't share uh, video too well. Okay, so what I'm gonna do is. I'm assuming it's going to be the same link that Karen sent me, uh, oh.
3: but yeah. earlier. Yeah. It'll be, a, well, it'll be, I mean, you go to ApocalypseRock.com, and it'll be on the main page there.
0: Okay. So, all right, so let me just uh, go here. It's, oh, so the link will be on the main page. Let me, You're right, let me and the
3: super-secret password is really hard. It's ground zero, all lowercase. There
0: you so, go. So folks who are just listening you're going to go to their website it's uh, i've already posted it on the event page and I'll post it again it's apocalypse rock one word apocalypse rock.com and you're going to go to the main page there and you will be able to put the super secret code in to see it for a limited time for the it's a uh, password required so put ground zero in there and you'll be able to watch it and it's for a limited time because Google Hangout sucks, and we don't know, and I don't know what I'm doing, so I wasn't able to share very well. So you can
3: also uh, send your musician friends a submission page where they can submit music, because we're just looking to collect even more music to, to, to bolster our soundtrack with just just the right selection. So that's a good place to go as well.
0: Excellent, and I know I just posted that link there again, and I know uh, uh, how long is that uh, going to be good for that
3: link? I don't know, Karen. I think we're going to run it till like tomorrow noon, I think. So you got a night and a half day so Okay so, so wh- whoever So what
1: are we wasting time with this for? I should go right
0: now.
3: <laughs>
0: it's uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what it did, it didn't I don't know didn't share, you know. I want to try again, but I don't want to uh, waste time with that. But everybody, yeah, if you're listening, uh if you're listening later tonight, listen tomorrow. It's going to be up there for it's a sneak peek of the trailer. It's I've seen it myself. It's it's pretty good. So, um Poklet's Rock. So let's talk about it's 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 relevant. It's about music in the apocalypse. It's like what this guy is doing. It's like he's not making his own music. He's using what's in front of him. He's uh, probably running on generator power, I assume, and he's broadcasting every day, right? So uh, give us the setup. Yeah, because that—that's—that's that's, that's, because his power is going to last forever, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, no. We 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 pick him up at about uh, you know three. Was it two or three days to go, where he's kind of you know you get the you get that opening you know excitement of like a Good Morning Vietnam, just you know the comedy. And then you're immediately hit with the the problem, which is you know always you know as the lights starts to brown out, he's kind of running down uh, his last few canisters of fuel, um, and uh, and that's where he starts to kind of come unraveled as he as he's he's had his his emotions in check for for so many you know years we presume, uh, but now things are coming to the surface that he's having to deal with and having to deal with the fact that he is alone. So that's that's where we find him.
1: So yeah, so so, he, so he, he, he's he's staved off that that you know, that apotheosis, by, by throwing himself into this this process that's about to run out.
3: Well, yeah. Doug, we, we talked about this. I mean, you'd say he's a bit of a narcissist, right? Like, he was very content to do this and would have yeah. loved to keep doing it.
2: Yeah. It was a part of him that really enjoys um, what he did every day, you know. Uh, it wasn't all devastating, you know, and, and there's a part of him that's sad that it is coming to an end for sure.
0: Yeah, because he was using the music to help keep it, it's not even just the process, but the music was part of the process to help him keep his mind together, because as far as he knows, he's the last one on Earth, I assume.
2: He he kind of creates this whole world that he um, is the star of, in a sense, and and nobody's stopping him, and nobody's censoring him, and he can just be whoever he wants to be, and uh, yeah, there's something I think he really enjoys about that,
3: for sure. And he not only plays music, but he also, I mean, he has access to, like, you know, old because it's an older radio station that the government obviously hasn't updated. He's got old analog machines, so he's making his own callers that he can interact with. Uh, <laughs> get the uh, well, that—that's some. arguing with him at some points, you know. So yeah, so that—that kind of shows, you know, where he is when he starts arguing with himself, and and and, uh, and you know, it's 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 funny. It's got, like I said, it's got a bit of the Good Morning Vietnam to it in that the different colors, but it's he's playing against his his own tapes, which is a lot of fun. And, and these are things that he could have created. You know, we're very careful about details in what we put in the room. So he could have created his tapes himself. He does his own commercial jingles. He's got a broken Casio keyboard. We're like. You know, a dozen keys or just smash, but that's in theory where he created his jingles for his his uh, his commercials, and, and we had a lot of we had a, a ton of fun just letting you know, letting the camera rolling and letting Doug just say do whatever you want with this room. We had sparks flying at different points. We had these old PC kind of computers that were still running, like just like the old, old laptops back when they were like you know this big. So uh, so that was a lot of fun.
0: Oh, so you had so some of his acting wasn't all scripted. You just had him kind of improvising what he was doing. Yeah,
3: yeah. For, oh, for nice. the opening, because of the frenetic energy, the opening with just him in his element, we just had a lot of um, just say you know have, go and have fun, you know, play air guitar, uh, smash records, whatever, whatever you can think of, and we just we had a blast with that. So it was great filming that part. But then when I got to the sad parts, it was depressing and awful. So. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was great. But I was like, why do I keep writing such sad movies?
0: But I, I did, I, I did, I did see that in the trailer. How he was like, let's go to the phones, and he's like, got a box of tapes of like different callers to put in, which right. I thought was pretty, pretty genius. You know, ingenious. I love that. That's really cool. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know that because you're me, and
1: he's just right, like, right.
3: You know. uh, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. that is some gold-plated uh, eight-cylinder crazy. That's <laughs> it's very nice. Um, so, uh, question for you: How how did you? Um, Uh, Who was our writer on this? Are you also the writer as well as the
3: director on this? Uh, I I was. Doug also helped with the writing, and a good friend of mine, Eric Noly, was another writer. Um, And, uh, yeah, we kind of just went back and forth and and just kind of, you know, decided how much funny, how much serious, and what what jokes were the best. And we certainly filmed more than we would need, which is going to come down to editing, but... um, Deleted scenes, yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. Deleted for a reason, right? So I always say that on i I'm like, "Oh my watch these deleted scenes—they're terrible. Oh, they're deleted." Uh, but just trying to figure out what was the, uh, yeah, what was the most bang for a buck in terms of fitting, fitting in the best jokes and not wasting any time. So
0: nice, nice, very good. Uh, we lost Scott again, but what else is new? But uh, yeah, no, I said I like the concept of because, because you figure, because even after the apocalypse, you know. Whether you're alone or there's groups, you know people. You know besides just the horrifying day-to-day living of survival, you know you got to um, entertain yourself. You need something to help, you know, with your sanity. Whether it's you know, you know, reading old dusty books or uh, music, and music I think is essentially would be essential part of that. You know, so I don't think we're I don't think we're going to lose music in the apocalypse. It's just it's going to be in a different format. We're not going to put on our you know we're not going to Oh, let me play on my iPhone, let me right. look at my iTunes. You know, we we're not necessarily gonna have Or maybe we will, because maybe people have generated maybe maybe people are gonna be charging, you know, to listen to their music and broadcast, you know. Um people are definitely gonna go things like like I said, finding acoustic instruments, banging on things, um, something else I thought of because I recently uh, Read well. I audiobooked a couple of uh, older post-apocalyptic stories because that's something I'm always I'm always uh, doing now. Is still uh, reading books. Is I did uh, the Earth Abides, and that uh, was written in like 1950 51. So it wasn't quite a modern story, but they were still playing music. But it was because they had old Victrolas, you know, to play their music because they still had 78s, and they and they played it on there. So. To me that, that makes sense, now now in 2014, you know, how readily are you going to find an old Victrola to play your frickin' uh, records?
2: Yeah. Um. I just think, I think it's interesting to note that um, we think of music in the construct of the technology that we've created in like the last hundred years, two hundred years, like yeah. humans have existed forever and have always had music, like whether it was humming or singing or banging on something, mm. you know. It's a yeah, it's a natural it's a natural phenomenon even animals like relate to music and and have their own forms of it just you know sonic communication um, will you know if if there was an apocalypse there'd probably be two schools there would probably be the one that's like, we need to retain what we've gathered and let's plug in and charge and this and that and then there'd be the other school that's like, no let's Make new music. Let's forge ahead and do what's what's different. I don't know. Yeah. No, I no, don't, Doug. I think you make a very valid point. You're
0: gonna have those camps. You're gonna have the one of people who're gonna cling to the old world and mm-hmm. say, no, we got to do this. You know, charge the powers. Like I said, find the old Victrolas. Because yeah, you stink of music. But you're right. You, man has been making music, you know, <laughs> forever. You know, you know, ancient civilizations from the caveman, whether it's banging on a stick, uh, on on a, on a log or whatever the case may be. So and you're gonna have people want to make the new music. They're gonna, you know, like I said, go do the cappello, They're gonna do the, you know, what's uh, you know, get a tree trunk hollowed out and we'll get some, you know, deer skin and we'll stretch it. We're gonna make ourselves a drum. You know, whatever it is, you know, people, people have always had music and I think people are always gonna want to have music because, you know, people need entertainment. People want to have fun and you know, generally music's fun. You know, at least I think so. You know, I enjoy listening to music. I listen to music all day long at work because. You know what? I I work in an office nine you know, nine to five Monday through Friday, and you know what? Music helps me keep my sanity. You know cuz you know, I'm not I'm not uh, you know, in Doug's character situation where I'm the last man alive and this music's helped me keep me sane. I'm in a fucking office, you know,
2: <laughs> you know, forty
0: hours a week and I need my music to help keep me sane. Which you means so you're totally? in a you're in a really horrifying situation.
3: <laughs> exactly. You know, it's
0: a it's it's terrifying. Well, and also I need I need uh, I even I used to just listen to it on my speakers, but now I've gone to where I put my headphones in because the people around me I can't stand listen, just listening to them talk anymore. Because it's like I want the Apocalypse because I want them all to die so they'll leave me alone. You know, <laughs> so he <laughs> well, we
3: certainly, we certainly gravitated towards those more um, those more organic ways to record and play music. You mentioned the Victrola, and a scene that inspired me largely for Apocalypse Rock was from the, the film Book of Eli where the creepy old cannibalistic couple um, have the old Vic they're playing. What song are they playing, Karen? Is what, Ring My Bell. Ring My Bell, yeah, yeah. So, they're pl- you know, so that's a physical way. There's no you know diodes or anything. It's merely a physical way to recreate music. So, I mean, I think Doug plays a CD once in the movie, and we don't even see it. Most of it's, it's, it's records, it's 8-tracks, it's tapes. It's, it's just f- these, these more physical and more organic ways to recreate uh, sound in the analog ways, which it will eventually regress back to.
1: Well, some of that stuff's harder to destroy. I mean, yeah,
3: absolutely. vinyl
1: is actually harder to destroy than digital technologies and and also easier to recreate in the ability to create a needle uh, as opposed to the ability to create a laser. Is that how we're reading? Yeah. I think there was a time when it was, it was I guess there was it was a time it was laser disc, but how, are we, how do we read a CD? Is it from? It's, the, it's, the, it's a laser still.
3: Laser, yeah. Okay. Well, and so actually, when we were writing this stuff, my friend Eric and I were going back and forth. We had this running joke where we say, if it's just, you know, me, Doug, and Eric left after the apocalypse, things will never have again. Bridges. How do you build a bridge? I don't know. Yeah. Laser. What's a laser? I, you know, I can rub two rocks together. Are we getting close? You know? Yeah, I, I think that techno- like
2: modern technologies give us this idea that we know a lot more than we do. Like, if it wasn't for just a few really, really brilliant people in the history of the world. We'd still be living in caves.
3: It's magic to me.
2: It's like, we're, you know, yeah, it's been a few. I'm an idiot. I don't know how, I don't know a lot. And we all are. And and everybody's like, no, I'm smart. No, you're not. You're not smart. <laughs> <laughs> there have been a couple people who are very smart, and that's why we, like, pull out a phone, and we're like, oh, I'm texting. What the hell is happening When I'm doing that, how are you
1: getting? You know, like, you know, he sounds like he sounds like that that school teacher professor in the first episode of Survivors. Yes, who's who's like the PhD educated guy, and he's like, yeah, I have a PhD. Um, I'm a doctor of English or or history or something like that. I think if pressed, I could make a stone axe.
3: (laughs) You're right.
0: Yeah. No, Doug. No, Doug. You you are absolutely one hundred percent right. Like, we we know we know stuff about the stuff we have, but how did it get there? You know, we have this many people, but this many people made the stuff for all of these people.
2: You know? and made it accessible to them and, and and to all of us. And and it's like it's even information, even the like things that we know, like the fact that I know anything about space or like uh, quantum physics or. Theoretical physics, like listening to physicists talk, blows my mind apart. And they and they're dumbing it down so that my <laughs> mind can be blown into little dumb particles. Like they're, some people are so smart.
1: Well, um, let's talk. Uh, one thing I want to point out about this that you're talking. One of these is going to affect is the ability to recreate musical instruments. Um, if we, you know, uh, what do we do with our Fender guitars if uh, we have no place to plug them in?
0: Right. We, we 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 use them as weapons.
1: Yeah, first we'll use them. Yeah, we'll claw each other to death with a Fender guitar, which does make audible sounds.
2: So I think yeah. we're
1: on to something. <laughs> But I was just in a uh, place in Seattle here called Dusty Strings, which uh, is this music store. I was just in there this afternoon, and um, there was it was a, all these different stringed instruments: hammered dulcimers, uh, guitars of various stripes, ukuleles. Um, Steel strings. It wasn't things like uh, violins and basses and things like that. But, you know, you see all the fine wood craftsmanship of these instruments and what they're made, how they're made. Um, In fact, one thing that struck me is there was some sort of, there was a a mandolin and the resonance chamber on the mandolin was made out of a taxidermied armadillo,
2: Hmm.
1: um, which struck me, but... Uh, there was a lot of drums, there was, some, there was some skin percussion instruments that were in there as well, that, you know, were of, of various stripes. And one of the things that really got me was the, I think it's called a a, a, a box uh, harpsichord or a thumb piano, which is this little wooden chamber with a few pieces of metal on the end over a hole, in it. so it's a resonance chamber, and just by stroking those pieces of metal and making those little thumb noises, It goes into the resonance chamber and it creates these very, you can create very complicated, very intricate sounds. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I thought of, you know, looking around that store, thinking about today's show was, I don't, as long as there's people and there's stuff laying around, you know, we're going to find a way to make music out of it. I mean, steel drums, uh, which are so, you know, these complex, uh, beautiful instruments are made out of trash. Mm Mm-hmm. And so there's there's no way we're not that that humans are not going to make music. It's what we made from the beginning. It's the earliest parts of culture. And so there's going to be music in the apocalypse uh, or after any kind of crash of technological man. Um, there's the question of what they're going to. I mean, some of it's going to be salvaged, but then they're going to have to make new stuff.
0: Um, well, and, well, but what are all the teens going to do when they can't uh, you know listen to their iTunes though? You it's know? very. I'm I'm betting mass
1: suicide.
0: Mass mass suicide.
1: They'll just they'll just all check out at once. Oh my God! I can't download new music. You know they'll, they'll <laughs> swallow they'll swallow their 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 iTunes pad, the 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 uh, music device and just choke to death on it. If we're lucky, if we're lucky, right? If we're <laughs> more than likely, Jared, they're going to be like feral packs. They will you know, be, yeah. uh, whose only new music will be tying adults like us grups like <sighs> us to trees and then setting parts of us on fire.
3: No That's way, all. Yeah.
2: <laughs> music. I'm gonna get sneaky after the apocalypse. Yeah. Now I do, now
0: I do wanna mention uh, another movie, Apocalypse movie. Now let's see now I know you're gonna get this Scott, but let's see if uh, I'm gonna see a line from the movie. Let's see if we could get what movie this is. Okay. Alright. <clears throat> <clears throat> Only one man could kill this many Russians bring his guitar to me. <laughs> yeah, okay. I I know know what, you know it? you
1: know it's Yes. That six-string
0: samurai. That would be six-string <laughs> samurai. <laughs> yeah. I have a uh, dog Brian, have you seen ever seen six-string samurai? No. Yeah. <laughs> it is a movie that came out in 1998 uh, which was about there's was a nuclear war uh, there was a nuclear war in 1957 and it's a probably about 40 years later the Russians invaded uh, the last bashness of civilization was Las Vegas where Elvis became the king now the king died and this cold it's 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 a comedy it's action cuz like the uh, the main uh, protagonist is a uh, Called Buddy, and he looks kind of like Buddy Holly. He's got a samurai sword and his uh, guitar there, and all these all these musicians are traveling to Las Vegas to become the new king. So, mm-hmm. and there's they're all is fighting. It's all kind of like Fight, rock and fighting, belly.
1: fighting their way through uh, the Russian army. The uh, Russian army, cavemen driving trucks. That was one of my yeah. favorite. The cavemen <laughs> truck, uh, Death himself, and. Um, uh, and that great 1950s family who are the cannibals, those guys were awesome.
0: They're yeah, so he, he's, he's like this martial artist, and, you know, he runs along, he finds this kid, and he's fighting everybody, and he's a musician, and he's a samurai, and there's a lot of, it's all, you know, 50s culture, you know. Oh, and, everything. and the Red Elvises. The Red Elvises are in there as well.
1: I think the whole soundtrack is the Red Elvises,
0: isn't it? Well, the the music is. The there's also a lot of songs there. Brian, Doug, you familiar with the band the Red Elvises? Never heard of them. Mm -hmm. Oh my God! See, you're learning something tonight.
3: Educational.
0: They they are they what they call it? They call it uh, Siberian Surf Rock. Um, These guys, these Russian guys, who took kind of like. Rock and roll kind of surf music, and put like a Russian folk music twang to it. They started they started playing in California back in the, in the streets back in like the what like the mid nineties, I believe. So, uh, I was, they, and they tour around. They put out. They've got like 10 12 albums out. I've seen them actually a couple times down here in Florida. They're 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 pretty good. So, their predominant is because they're Russian and they play kind of that rockabilly type music because it's all it's all it's. It, it's his rockability. Yeah, it, it, it's it's half
1: story. rockability, but it's got this serious, you know, surfer sound, California surf music sound mixed into it. It's it's really good.
0: So the whole movie's kind of about that. You know, it's it's, it's a crazy adventure, but it's definitely music in the apocalypse. So it's it's kind of interesting. I, I just watched it again last night because we were doing the show. So because we're thinking about movies, but uh, what yeah, was so the,
1: what was the music that was being played on acoustic instruments in uh, the shitty Costner postman?
0: Oh, they were just—they were just playing like, like uh, acoustic guitars, maybe an acoustic bass. Yeah, but wasn't
1: hammering. it wasn't it actually some song now? Wasn't oh,
0: some- oh, uh, they were playing. It was a '70s song. Shit, uh, I think it was a '70s song. I don't. I don't remember. Queen. Re- it's,
1: <clears throat>
0: it's I don't know the the Postman was such a. We did a whole show about that, and it's just the biggest problem with the Postman was Kevin Costner, and it was three hours long. Three fucking hours long. Okay. <laughs> so anyway. Um, I wanna I wanna throw
1: something else out in that department, and that is um, that idea of of hearing the, the old the modern music played on acoustical instruments. There's a band called Great Big Sea, S E A Yeah, S E A, like Ocean. Great Big Sea, and they do a version of REM's It's the End of the World As We Know It but they do it all on acoustic instruments and they speed it up so it has this sort of Appalachian, you know, um, bluegrass sound to it. And it's kind of hilarious as a post-apocalyptic tune because it has this, well, if we have regressed to a pre-electrical, pre-industrial civilization, this is what the great old hits are gonna sound like when it's filtered through, you know, cultural music and the the
0: available instruments. Oh yeah, there's there's a guy, is on YouTube. He basically plays Slayer, the familiar with Slayer, the thrash metal band Slayer, playing "Raining Blood" on a freaking like ukulele. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's it's fantastic. But uh, that that's apocalypse right there. But yeah. uh, but Brian, to, to, uh. I mean, what else can you share with us about the you know the movie? What can you tell us about it a little bit? Anything you know? You want anything you want to talk about the movie? Anything with your your process? You know, inspiration? What why you went? Why you Chose that subject matter. I mean, anything. Anything you want to tell us? Because you know, we'd like to hear more about it. Unload.
3: Um, well, I actually wrote the film while writing another film. Uh, I was working on a film that was entirely done in split screen, where a man surviving after the apocalypse and a woman surviving. They don't know that they each exist, and you're watching them simultaneously survive, encounter obstacles, get hungry and stuff. And I said how can they interact with, with, how can each side of the film interact with the other? I said, how about one finds a radio station and is sending out signals? And that's where that idea kind of came from for Apocalypse Rock. Ah. Uh, that, was, that was interesting to have, yeah, one film turn into another there. Um, we'd actually done another uh, apocalyptic film for the, uh, the 48-hour film project, which is basically, I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah. It's, yeah, you get a weekend to make a movie, basically. Um, and we got sci-fi, so we basically did the, uh, the last day on Earth where a meteor's coming and everybody's coping in totally opposite ways. You've got, like, the couple that wants to go watch the meteor. You've got the guy that's just the, the big guy running through town naked eating an ice cream cone. You've got the guy in the roof drinking a beer. You've got the friend, best friends watching their favorite movies not caring. So, we kind of think of that as the uh, spiritual prequel to Apocalypse Rock, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, Doug, anything you to film about Apocalypse Rock?
2: Um, I, I don't <laughs> uh,
3: know. Uh, it's
2: it's I had fun making it. You, I, I love working with the team. Um everybody everybody's such a character on uh, on this team. Like d- down to everybody. The sound guy, Boom Shadow, is like there's this thing where every time we make a film, Boom Shadow falls down somehow. There's like an, an instance during the filming where the sound tech has an accident and he falls down. Nothing, de- nothing terrible. Comical, you, yeah. You... Usually very funny, very comical. So
1: you're um. you're not going to make anything set in, like, mountains?
3: No, no. The worst we've done is uh, we did a pirate movie, and it had a lot of hills in it and beaches, and he kind of rolled down a hill at one point, but that was... <laughs> oh, he found a creek, too. Yeah, he found a
1: creek. He found, found a creek. <laughs> found-
3: yes, yes. Um, but... Uh, no, I mean, we're very, uh, you know, we tend to, like I said, be very careful in our design. So the entire set was built in a, a warehouse. There's nothing there. We built everything from the ground up per, exactly yeah. how it, exactly period accurate. We brought all the gear in. The,
1: of, can I ask the question about, uh, since every time I ask a question, I get cut off, <laughs> go to black. How did you track down the, I mean, how did you find the various gear and was the gear, uh, stuff that you modified to look like uh, broadcast equipment, or was it actual stuff you salvaged?
3: It was that. We had a, a fantastic production designer um, who uh, who works for, what's the, what's the school that John works for?
2: James James Madison?
3: James Madison, yeah. And uh, and he has access to a, a tremendous uh, um, a props department, and he, he just came through and said, I got all this old reel-to-reel and this and that, and we're like, bring it all in. And we had different levels of gear. We had you know, what the government put in there and forgot about, so really old gear. We had stuff that Doug, the character um, Tom Harper, had found. So we had gear that was smashed up and dirty that he had patched in. So There's different layers we built to the sets. You had that government layer, you had the Tom's layer, you had his, like, punk rock kind of, you know, posters and imagery on the walls the way he's patched things and run things to make it his own. So we kind of, like, set it up as the government would have it, and then we had Doug go in there, and we kind of worked with him in that and, and got him to make it how he wanted it to be, so you can see different, yeah, like, different layers of, of occupation of that space. Oh, that was
2: a long the way. The set, the set was remarkable. It really was, like, um, we might as well have just rented out an actual radio station because it was, like,
3: it was awesome. It was really awesome. That, that's almost a disappointing part because that part of me is like, <laughs> Oh, shucks! People are gonna think, "Wow, we just found a radio station to film name and it's not. It's just set walls, and we.
0: Well, that yeah, exactly. You, well, you, you, well, that that shows how good of a job you guys did. If you actually that's right, yeah. If, if you got to the <laughs> point where you're like, "Is this a radio station or this is a set?" You know, if you got to that point, you know you did your job, right? You know, right. you had one job to do, Brian, and, and you uh, did it. You did it.
3: <laughs> Dang it! Well, our production designer and even we had uh, windows in the side of the warehouse, and he. He matched the cinder block and blocked out the windows. So when it was time to turn on the set, we're like, "All oh, right, there were windows there." So, so that, that was kind of of a, a, a neat, a neat uh, segment there. But uh, we, uh, no, we just—I mean, a lot of the gear was borrowed, and we had, you know, very carefully labeled, "Do not smash Doug." Because at some point, we're like, you know, he's. <laughs> not, he's, getting well, missed, he's you you think him. you think that was
0: going to stop Doug? <laughs>
3: we, didn't, we didn't. know. we had insurance, right? You know, ah, get that insurance going. But we had, you know, the gear that he smashed, like the Casio keyboard. The production manager said. Just, yeah, I don't want it back. So we're like, sweet. So you got to smash up a keyboard and, and have the keys fall out. Like, how long the keys are on a Casio keyboard. So that was a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> nice. We now
3: records we bought to smash, you know. Okay, you know when, have, go ahead, Jared.
0: No, I was going say, when, uh, so I know uh, you're in post-production. Now, when are you looking, when When are you looking to release it uh, in an ETA and where and how are you going to be releasing it?
3: The trailer says fall 2014. That is changing. Unfortunately, uh, our company's doing spring. We're very, very busy. It's gonna be spring. You know, when people want to get out of the of trailer, 2014 and go see a movie. So we're thinking, what is it? March or April? March or April? And we're actually going to have. Can we mention that, or is that ciber secret? Oh, the, the AFI is that secret? Okay, we're gonna have. having now. Uh oh. <laughs> We're going to be launching a second crowdfunding campaign um, uh, to raise money for post production, and one of the features we're going to add is um, offering tickets to a private screening, because we don't have the premiere because that will ruin us for festivals, um, but it's going to be at the AFI Silver in Silver Spring, which is a, an excellent venue of anyone that's in the area. Is that um, is that up uh,
0: up by you in Maryland?
3: Up by us in Maryland, yeah, just out of DC, a stone throw from DC. Of course, you know. So, course, I yeah. so I can't come. We'll yeah, I'm not gonna, so. yeah, gonna go to Florida and watch a movie. That's ridiculous, you know. Mickey Mouse yeah. either, you know, and all that nonsense. Um, but it's gonna well, be up in you, you want to be close to
1: actual ground zero? Near DC. Right,
3: right. Yes, yes. We are, we are in the burn zone. So if it, a atom bomb <laughs> hits, we're good. I'm, I'm cooked instantly. Um, but that's gonna be the first place to be able to see it, um, in April.
0: So you're going to be actually uh, releasing it into theaters, or as much as you can into theaters. Is it's going to probably plan?
3: largely go through the independent film festival circuit. Um, okay. So it's going to be yeah, I mean I don't I don't want to say Sundance because that's just a that's just a kind of a branding name you say, but it's going to be venues like that. It's going to be um, okay. wherever it'll screen all over the country, possibly even in Florida, because uh, festivals are everywhere. So wherever whoever will take us, you know.
1: There's got to be some apocalyptic film festivals. God knows there's a Lovecraft there are
0: now uh, after all that uh, is there any plans on uh, releasing it in mass to like you know people could like download it or buy a disc or any, is there any plans to do something it's, like that after the festivals
3: yeah distribution for a short film is tricky there's not really much many options for it besides I mean sci-fi uh, network has been great with short films I'll do like short film runs for like you know, short films don't fill up 30 minutes, they don't fill up an hour. They fill up random times from 5 minutes to 20 minutes, you know. So, sci-fi is great for for being a venue for that. It'll probably be um, some kind of a pay-per-view online or just downloadable. Um, what's that, Karen? Oops. Maybe IndieRain.com is another website we can go through. But it's, it's basically, short films are really calling cards and ways to... Get people oh. excited about the film team and to see what we can do. And We've done a lot of short films and people like them, so that's why I keep saying we do a feature. People kept saying this should be your feature we, we were trying to cut down content. We're like, we got, we should, should, we expand it? No, no, let's just do the last short and we'll, and we'll jump into the feature. So,
0: okay, fantastic. So, um, we'll start uh, kind of wrapping up. But now, uh, I'll, I'll still keep in touch with you guys for sure. Uh, like as it gets closer to release, you know. You know, any information you want to share, anything you know, links will help. You know, help pro- uh, cross promote you because like I said I love the concept, love independent film, love people going out and just doing uh, stuff they love to do. Because like as we do here on the show, this this is a complete, you know, labor of love. This show right here, this is just a hobby. This is just something we love to do. You know, there is no monetary value tied to this at all. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yet we're gonna find a way to monetize this. I just
3: know it. <laughs> you lied to me. <laughs> <it>? Yeah. <laughs> you
0: well, know, we we do that a lot. We do lie a lot. So, but yeah, no. We'll definitely keep in touch. You know, as we know, and folks, we will definitely post you know any links, any information we can about the show. Because you know, now that you now that uh, you know, Apocalypse Rock and the crew are all now fr- officially friends of the apocalypse, and they're friends of the show now. So we will definitely continue to uh, help each other. And when you get your next uh, fund. Um, Kickstarter or whatever, or Kickstarter. What do you? you Let us know.
1: We'll promote it.
0: Right, absolutely right. Yeah, your fundraiser. We'll definitely, you know, put it out there because you know, our you know, our meager followers. will definitely make sure they get out there and know about it. So uh, we'll definitely, we definitely help you know help you guys out for sure. Because again, uh, it was good. So, all right, folks. So we're gonna uh, wrap it up uh, this week for music in the apocalypse. Hopefully, we've all learned something this week. Uh, next week, or not next week, every, two weeks from now, we, we do the show typically about every two weeks, because that's about all we have the time for, is uh, the next show is going to be Day of the Triffids, folks. So uh, we are going to be talking about the book, the movie, the uh, two versions of the uh, the British TV show that they put out. And yes, Scott, I did uh, make my way through the 2009 uh, re-envisioning of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, it was awful, dude. It yeah. was so,
1: so bad. Anyway, but we'll talk
0: about that on the next show.
1: We'll so. be lots of time to moan in <laughs> pain. Over. Yeah.
3: So and one we'll, last shout-out from us is follow us on Twitter at Last Man Rocking.
1: Ooh. To. That is a hell of a Twitter handle. <laughs> nice, nice catch, Last Man Rocking.
0: So, yeah, last man, uh, at last man Rocking is their Twitter handle, uh, ApocalypseRock.com. Is their uh, main web page. Their Facebook page is uh, facebook.com/slash-apocalypse-rock. Got it. Apocalypse Rock, and I'll—I've I'll, already posted links, but I'll repost the links there so everybody could uh, uh, find find that again. So, again, thank you everybody for joining us this week uh, for Music in the Apocalypse. I want to thank our special guests Doug and Brian for joining us uh, this week to share in the experience. Again, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate Thanks
3: for having it. Having us, it was great.
0: Thanks for having us no again thank you thank you for for, for joining as you know I, we were talking it was it was kind of a you know it the last minute thing it was kind of a you know just it was meant to be you know it's like we were doing, we, were, we were doing the show and i came across you guys at all at the last moment and uh brian's lovely wife karen helped pull it all together because you know i reached out to her and uh you know we were communicating and uh, made it happen so again thank you for being on and uh uh any last words, anybody real quick, real quick, anything?
2: Hope you like the movie.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to show you guys. All right, All right so... I'm, uh, I'm,
0: going,
1: I'm going straight to the website and watching the, the trailer immediately before it stops
0: being available to
3: me. Excellent. This. Go for it. Enjoy. Yeah, your- and, yeah, and folks, again, remember, when you go to
0: ApocalypseRock.com, uh, on the front page, you're able to enter in the password to get a sneak preview of the trailer. You're going to enter the password, Ground Zero. Okay, all one word, ground, all center, lowercase, yep, all lowercase, and that'll get you access to watching uh, the, the trailer. I have seen it already because I'm special, so it's <laughs> it's pretty cool. I enjoyed it. It's definitely worth looking uh, looking at, and I can't wait till uh, the film comes out so we can see the entire the, the entire film and see Doug's uh, insanity. Doug's uh, <laughs> Dick in personal apocalypse. His
2: <laughs> own personal his own personal apocalypse happens every day. Every yeah, day.
0: <laughs> so again for myself, for Doug, for Brian, for Scott, this is Podcast Act Round Zero saying thank you and good night.